Welcome to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm Christopher Dedan, founder and CEO of Devian Enterprises, Inc. We are committed to optimize people's performance with tools such as peak performance speaking, coaching, and consulting programs for a worldwide international community. We believe that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is acquiring the knowledge you need and consistently utilizing that knowledge to become a peak performing individual in every area of your life. Stick around until the end of the show where we will reveal how you can become the next guest on the fastest growing inspirational educational podcast on the planet in 20 to 30 minutes. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I am your host, Christopher Dedian, and today we have Justin Breen with us, who is the founder and CEO of Burr Epic Communication LLC, which is a high-level media outlet PR firm. Justin, how are you doing today? Bonjour. Um, I see you're from Laval, and um, I used to cover the NHL, and uh, Mario Lemieux, maybe the greatest minor league season ever, was in Laval. Um I don't know if you knew that with the QMJHL, he had maybe, I mean, he had like 300 points in a, in a hockey season, which would be impossible, but like Laval, it's well known for that. Absolument. Si t'es Lavalois, tu connais ses faits. So I mentioned for our audience that don't understand French, absolutely, if you are from Laval, which is a suburb of the greater region of Montreal, just a bit north, another island that's stuck to Montreal, uh, we do know that fact. And being from the province of Quebec in Canada, hockey is a huge part of our identity, culture even, I could say, and even in parentheses, certain religion aspect behind of like the French Canadians over here. So I do appreciate that. And Justin, actually, when we connected initially on LinkedIn, you were writing a bit in French with me. So tell me a bit about your French because you're not shy to kind of dive into it and dabble into it. Let's talk about that because there definitely is a passion, I think, coming from your end with the French culture and the French language. I was just looking it up. So with the Laval Voisson, Voici, is Voici pronounced? Voisson? How's it pronounced? Voisson, which means voix is to see. Voisson is like to be seen. Hmm. That's a good one because so he's 282 points in in a <laughs> like think about that. That's I, that's never been broken, has it? Lindros no. probably didn't do it. Gretzky never would have had the. I mean, that is in that's insane. On and honestly, I don't see that happening unless no. significant things ha- change in the game of hockey. And we're kind of geeking out here, like this is literally a uh, entrepreneurial podcast, but we're going to dive into this. Unless the 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 systematic approach of the game changes. If you look at Wayne Gretzky, when there were the numbers right. of goals he scored, even Mario Lemieux, and as we're mentioning, and even Yarmi Yager, those records are going to be very difficult to, to beat. It's not at all like that anymore. We've got a lot more defensive, a lot more fast. So yeah, I, I don't see it in the near future, unless I guess that's something systematically would change about the game of hockey. But that is interesting stats in itself. And actually, so I'm born in 1989. And when I speak okay. to older people that are uh, a part of the culture that was, you know, in the early 70s and 80s of hockey, when they right. did like hockey pools, which is a very common thing to do in sports, just like there's football pools and, you know, so, so on and so forth. When they used to draft first overall, which are friends to pick what player and get his points, when you used to pick Mario Lemieux or Wayne Gretzky, you were only allowed to pick either Wayne Gretzky's goals or Wayne Gretzky's assists because instantly when you would have picked that guy, you would have instantly won the pool. So interesting yeah, things yeah, that more. I learned in that regards. 
Right. Yeah. He has like more assists than anyone who has points, but yeah, the, um, there is a, there is a commonality. My brain, I don't know why it does this, but like my, I just think of things and then like there's, and then I talk to ideators that are all over the place and then I simplify it, simplify it into patterns. Um, and, uh, it was a journalist for 20 years. So, you know, covered things like the NHL or the NBA or high level college football in the States or, you know, artists, musicians, and, um, and definitely entrepreneurs then, and, and now connecting and getting people, entrepreneurs and media visionaries. Now there's, there are only two common alleys, only two that I've seen with top hockey player, top entrepreneur, top musician, top actor, whatever. So there's only two commonalities. One, they have the same mindset without, without exception, same mindset, no excuses, no excuses. The second, which is interesting, I haven't seen an exception to this yet, but they had at least one person doesn't have to be a parent um, or a sibling, but one person genuinely care about them. So it could be a teacher, a coach, a, I don't know, someone at the boys and girls club, someone. I haven't seen the exception of the top highest performing that didn't have the same mindset of no excuses, just get it done. And then I haven't met one that, that hasn't had, you know, someone not, you know, that has had no one not care about them. Okay, Justin, I mean, we're kind of geeking out. Let me just dive into this a bit more, what you just mentioned here, because you're coming really into my expertise and my passion, which is high performance, because you're somebody that been um, in that industry of high performance towards athletes, towards uh, business people, towards uh, other journalists, towards uh, artists, and so on and so forth. You mentioned two things, the mindset they have, and the love they have received from a mentor, and you alluded to the aspect of the mentor it could be a parent, could be a teacher, Anyone. could be a coach to really support them so they could truly believe what they could become. So that is amazing. But just like I said, we kind of dived into like a couple of subjects here. Let me take a little step back. I give a small introduction of who you are and what your company is. Do you mind unpacking that a bit more of what you do on a daily basis and talking about the, the business? And then we'll kind of go into unpacking everything else together. <laughs> Well, it's interesting because so uh, this is most of my day, whether these conversations are recorded or not. I mean, most of my days, uh, either spending time with my family, uh, wonderful pediatrician wife and our two very high performing children. They're eight, eight and 10, both boys. Um, they're both nine quick starts in Colby, um, K-O-L-B-E, that 10 is the highest. So very high performing visionaries. Um, or talking to top visionaries and connecting them either through PR media opportunities or just, um, you know, just connecting, uh, need a sale of their eight, nine figure business. They need a connection for Hollywood script. So that's most of my day, whether this conversation is recorded or not, this is, so how we open that conversation, there's really no difference between how I talk there or how I talk to anyone else. I, okay. I, I love what you're saying. And I feel like I felt the energy. We're going to jive a lot because a lot of what you're saying is who I am as an individual as well. I'm truly interested in human beings and having deep conversations and connecting one individual to another. And yeah. I, I was blessed enough last week to be in Qatar for the World Cup. Uh, as mm. we're recording this, we're literally a couple of days away from the final world of the, of the World Cup, which is going mm -hmm. to be France against Argentina. We're December 15th right now. And I know that this probably comes out a month and a half to two months later as our team has a lot of uh, uh, podcasts backdated. And the thing that I love the most throughout that process, that you're a Messi fan, I'm a Ronaldo fan. 
I'm a Cristiano oh. fan. <laughs> but Messi, Messi's phenomenal. Like I'm a by far football fan right off the bat, like soccer in parentheses. Uh, so I do appreciate his talent. But where I'm going with this is the beauty of meeting people and connecting other people and having that interaction, I think is so valuable, especially in the high performance level approach like you were mentioning. So talk to me a bit about what do you do exactly in regards to the business in itself? Is it just connecting people from one place to another? Is it getting their amazing products on, you know, a great podcast or great news outlets? What do you really do in that regard? Is it just connecting or really helping some of your clients go to that next level with their brands, ideologies, or services? Yep. Okay. So you have a systematizing engineer type brain, which I appreciate. I appreciate that. Um, um, and so, the formula for creating a successful global company is very simple. Um, my brain turns everything into patterns. So as you see a problem, create a solution, problem solve successful global companies. So see a problem. So first company, I was a journalist for 20 years, created an entire business based on how PR firms annoyed me for 20 years. So saw a problem, created solution, problem solved. And second company, annoyed by platforms that let everyone in because at the highest level, people don't have time for that. They just want the connection. So my partner who's in... Um, San Francisco, I'm based in Chicago. We created LinkedIn without the BS invite, only high price point connectivity platform. So it's the same formula. It's the same formula. Um, and then with PR, uh, just hear the same problem where we're tired of being the best secret. We want to be in more news media. It's usually at a global level, um, many times national, regional to create more validity and credibility. So it solves the problem. So it doesn't matter where the company's located. It doesn't matter what they do. The only, only vertical I ignore is politics because it's the opposite of visionary abundance investment mindset. And it doesn't, and then it doesn't matter how big the company is. That's meaningless. It just solves the problem. Um, and then for PR firm or for the connectivity platform, it's the same thing. So it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. That's, that's me. It doesn't matter how big the company is is like do you want connections to top people on planet or do you not and um so it eliminates competition world eliminates what do you cost or charge world it eliminates scarcity world um and we just partner with visionaries who live in abundance and who look at things as investments not cost so it's endlessly fun endlessly fun to do that Okay. I love, first of all, let me just unpack that. I love, first of all, the verbiage that you're using. Some people are maybe catching it. Some people are uh, catching it at a subconscious level. So I want to highlight it. The word visionary you're using, the word <clears throat> abundance that you're using quite uh, eloquently and uh, frequently in your verbiage is really understanding of how you are as a high performer and understand those concepts to attract and position mm -hmm. yourself as a leader and a communicator or even a connector in that regard. So I did want to highlight that. And I wanted our listeners to notice that at a very high level. My next question, which Justin, I've never asked this. Okay. So uh, please uh, allow me to be a bit clumsy in the way that I'm going to ask this. And I hope you're not going to take it in a bad way. And I'm going to frame it like this. So I don't know if you did a bit of research on me or so on and so forth. I'm actually dyslexic, which is a form of learning. Yeah, right. Yeah, Beautiful. right. Of course. So, why I'm kind of alluding sense. to it. You mentioned that you, uh, you, first of all, you were very spot on with my analytical brain, how to put systems and processes yeah. in place. So that you is couldn't learn experience. one way. So you learn another. Yeah. So my time. Okay. So you haven't even asked the question, which, I, um, so like, it. this is my, my brain. This here, is where we're going. My brain here is blah, blah, blah. Here, here's your answer. Blah, blah, blah. Here's your answer. That's how my brain works. 
So there's four types of entrepreneurs. Again, I don't talk to business owners, consultants, that stuff bores me. That's their world um, stuff. And that's fine, by the way, that's most of the world. I just, it, it's a one-way conversation and nothing. So there's four types, four types of visionary entrepreneurs. Most common that I see is ADHD. Maybe this is what your question was, but um, most common is ADHD. So it's not a disorder, sign of genius. It's just mislabeled by humans. Um, so they're all over the place. Uh, all over the place. Um, I can keep up with them and then activate for them. It, it works very well. Second is uh, Asperger's, minor Asperger's, so like ultra focus, very little empathy or understanding. My wife, who is a doctor, has unofficially, officially diagnosed me with minor Asperger's. Um, I just talked to someone right before this call. Her IQ is between, it was over 160. 140 is genius. She was over 160. Uh, she had less empathy than I, than I do. And I don't say that. Lightly. <laughs> she, has, she has a lot less empathy than, I mean, I was like, oh my God, that's how normal people think of me when they talk to me. Cause I was like, wow. I even told my wife about him. Like, wow, I just met someone with less empathy. Okay, so, so that's two. The third is dyslexia. Third is dyslexia. You can't learn one way. So, okay. Uh, 35% of high performing entrepreneurs are dyslexic. There's multiple studies, multiple studies. The fourth, the fourth uh, is tremendously high IQ. Um, so I just mentioned that with her, uh, 140 and above is genius. That's 1% of the population. Most of the people I talk to are, are um, well over 140. Um, she was well over 160. Um, so I'm 139, one, one point below genius, which I'm glad because when you get over too far above, you cannot communicate human in any capacity. And uh, I do not want to be one of those people. That is not a good, that is, I, that is not a good place. And then I'm, I'm like a bridge between that. So you're high, you're probably high, you're probably right. A little over 140, I would guess. Okay. First and foremost, thank you for the last compliment. Truly, truly uh, appreciate well, it's it. It's not a compliment. I mean, I mean, I, the odds are, are that, you know, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be high performance like you wouldn't be doing that. I mean, maybe you would, but I, I don't I just don't see that. I mean, it just wouldn't make any sense. So have you it done wouldn't. your IQ? I don't know what my IQ is. I've never done a test, but yeah. I remember because when I was young, I got diagnosed with dyslexia and they did a panoply of tests and they came back saying, no, your son is very intelligent. He is not like, but like in the beginning, we didn't know because we didn't know what dyslexia was. We were just behind in school, but that was because of yeah. my well, that was you of reading, right? Yeah. So it's just the system that we're in didn't give us a framework, but let me just kind of take a step right. back if you permit, because we jumped from one thing to another and I followed you at a very high level, but I just want to be very sure that the listeners uh, uh, caught it. I'm only talking to the listeners who will understand this. That's <laughs> okay. So I love you, Justin, right now, hundred percent. And what I'm highlighting is that this was the question I was going to ask you, because as soon as you started, I'm like, man, you have a certain level of, uh, of learning disability in certain regards, because you were going with like an ADHD mind, which I have as well. And we're able to follow. And it was you very interesting. You have two. Interesting. Oh, 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 this is my thing. So, so one doesn't come by itself. So I have uh, dyslexia, uh, uh, dysgraphia, which is uh, writing. Uh, and then I have ADHD and hyperactivity. So wow. usually they come oh my God. many things together. Have you, done your Colby? have you done your Colby test? I haven't done a Colby test, which I've done my disc assessment. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. That's not. No. Hold on. I'll, I haven't done yeah, a Colby. So the only thing I care about is um, someone's 
uh, I write, this is what I write down before I meet someone, their name and their Colby score. So uh, here, I'll put it in the chat and then you can put it in the notes. So um, it's not your personality. I don't really care what someone's personality is. That's meaningless. Um, but it's how your brain takes action. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing uh, most people I talk to, they're around like three, three, nine, three. So nine is quick start. That's idea, 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 idea. And then uh, 10 is the highest. Both my sons are nine quick starts. And then three is a follow through. So that, that's ADHD <laughs> diagnosed or undiagnosed. Um, they're all over the place. And and if they don't hire a million people or someone, that that's not a good situation. Um, so I'm the very, 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 very rare uh, entrepreneur that has high quick start, high follow through and high fact finder. So say it, do it, say it, do it. I can keep up with the ADHD and follow through for them. So that's why, that's why it works. So it takes 20 minutes. I just put it in there. If you, if you take it, send me your score. I'm going to guess your three, three, nine, three, just based on. I think what you, you explained and what analogy you gave, I think that's pretty much it as well. Because uh, it's exactly what you kind of described and everything you mentioned. Actually, I will put it in the show notes as well for the uh, Colby uh, test because I've heard of it and I've heard great things about it. But I'll take it myself and kind of let you know uh, just in, in that regards. But I love the fact that you kind of broke down the four different types of entrepreneurs and how to kind of go about it. Because like you said, there is a lot of ways. And the reason why I was alluding to it, because people with with these types of difficulties, especially with dyslexia, they're very good in seeing patterns. And you were able right. to see patterns in the way you were talking, in the way that I was asking questions, and you really broke it down. And just right. actually, like I said, we're kind of jumping from one thing to another. But I think this is a, a great conduit to talk about your book in Epic Life. And why I'm alluding to this is because uh, I noticed that the person that wrote it forward is Peter H. Diamantis, which is somebody <laughs> yes. that I truly, truly uh, appreciate. He's the, uh, the yeah. founder and CEO of XPRIZE, just a phenomenal yeah. individual, run so many great books from yeah. uh, Abundant, uh, Bold with uh, uh, Jay Cutler as well, which I am a fan of as well. And I want you to kind of unpack what you talk about the book. How do you know, Peter? Are you part of mm -hmm. his community of performance or uh, another one? Tell me, how did that aspect happen? Because the way you're talking, I 100% understand why you connected with this person. And I feel like you might have jived in that regards. Good, good, good series of questions. Um, so most books are meaningless because there's no meaning. They're just, there's no meaning behind it. I don't really do anything unless... I, I do very few things, um, but if it if it's done, then it has to be up there. Otherwise, it's pointless. Um, so to have Peter um, write the foreword, I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, very grateful for that. And um, if you're not a litmus test for the people you serve, then that's hypocrisy. So the purpose of my life is to be a connecting superhero uh, for every visionary entrepreneur who shares their stories with the world. So I'm a visionary entrepreneur who shares stories with the world. And so then having Peter write the forward, that's a, a validator. Um, it's a validator. And uh, met Peter through um, a strategic coach. Uh, that's Dan Sullivan's, uh, Dan Sullivan. Um, the gap. Dan's a 10 quick start. The gap. Yeah, I'm in the gap in the gain. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, Ben interviewed me for that. That was fun. Um, and then um, and then met Peter through that and then joined Abundance 360. That's for those who can see it. Uh, that's what my hat is, Abundance, Abundance 360. And uh, 
Peter's an eight quick start. He's an eight quick start and uh true visionary and, um, and just really like being part of that community because it's incredibly high IQ people. And they're the only ones uh, I want to talk to anyway, because they're the only ones that will actually do something. Okay. So first and foremost, that's exactly what I thought. The Dan Sullivan world, a phenomenal, phenomenal world renowned coach. You would that like is actually... that. You Sorry. Would like you would like it. Oh yeah. I a hundred percent. My, my coach had, had put me on him literally four years ago. Uh, and the, the reason why was because his first book that he co-authored of, uh, who, not how, and that was the mm-hmm. point that I was actually growing my business and having the ideology of how to delegate more and how to hire <laughs> and utilize right. my skills within the business and delegate right. other skills. So that's when I kind of got in, into his world. And then I saw and listened to the podcast that Dan Salman does with Peter Diamantis, which is amazing in itself. I think it's the most yeah. underrated mm-hmm. podcast. People do not know about it. So for visionaries, amazing. Uh, so all everything you're saying is great, uh, Justin, because like I said, I, I'm very honest. Rarely I have somebody that has your brain in the way that you're explaining it uh, oh, in a very so. eloquent way. So to do so, I want to kind of utilize this moment to ask you very uh, straightforward questions in that regard. So you said that you do like hanging around with people that start to have a certain intellectual prowess or a communication level that's more intriguing to you. And you put yourself within that environment. Do you think that you have a hard time being a high performer and somebody that are, is around that uh, type of people to not succeed, but navigate the day-to-day life with, let's call it in parentheses, and please do not this in the wrong way, normal people? So do you have a hard time? You understand what I'm kind of going? Kind of like a Harry uh, Potter, the no, no, muggles no, no, and no, the, the, no, the, no. the magicians, right? So that aspect, how do you navigate that? And why I'm saying this because- No, 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 no. wrong answer, wrong question. So the um, there's 34 strength finders. I'm dead last in empathy and second to last in includers. So surprisingly easy. My wife is a pediatrician. You think the opposite personality is me? That would be my wife. Love, warmth, empathy, rules- calendar items lists. I think the first thing I do every day is a grateful journal to her, uh, grateful journal to her. Cause without her, not a good situation. Um, that's why like the person I just talked to who had so much less empathy than me, that is how normal. I think most humans see me. In fact, that's what I asked my wife. I go, is that how people see me? She's like, yeah. I'm like, Oh, yeah. well, thanks for telling me that. Um, so but no, um, I have found being this direct eliminates people that don't think like me and then yeah. attracts people that do. And then there's two other things. Well, the one other thing that I'll bring up. So if if I'm not having a conversation like this, I just don't have it. I, I get bored very easily because yeah. what's the point? So I was talking to one of my friends. Uh, he's, he's in uh, the Epic Life book. And when I write a third when I write a third book, he he'll he's one of the chapters. His name is Pete Kofit. He's a 153 IQ family man. One 153 IQ, and he's managed to become a family man with that. But um so he's like uh, you know, entrepreneurs, they're the the chapter will be called uh sheep, sheepdogs. So uh sheepdogs, uh for every one sheepdog, there's ninety-nine sheep. So most humans are sheep. They're you know, and most sheepdogs marry sheep, by the way. Thank God. But so sheepdogs, uh, I looked it up because uh, I'm a high fact finder. Sheepdogs have only two primary roles. This is a 2006 article from Science Daily. So sheepdogs have two primary roles. One is to keep the sheep in line and two push them forward. So just replace entrepreneur visionary with sheepdog. 
keep the sheep in line, keep the employees in line, push them forward, keep them in line. That's it. That's it. So if I'm not having a conversation with the sheepdog, it goes horribly, it goes horribly wrong because you're not supposed to be, <laughs> you're not supposed to be talking to sheep. You're not supposed to be doing that. You're a sheepdog. I love that analogy I just gave with the sheepdog because it clarifies yeah. the role of the individuals and not saying one is better than the other. Let's be clear here. A hundred percent. No, 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 no. In fact, I think it's the opposite because yes. if everyone was a sheepdog, this world would be a, it'd be a yes. complete disaster. And, um, and no matter who the person is, they have unique gifts. They have unique gifts. Yes. Like my wife is the nicest, most, she's the best pediatrician we met, uh, our first date was the day before she started medical school. So she was born to be a pediatrician. That's a gift. I was born to be this connecting, like this, just what I was, but I mean, you ask me to tie my shoes or, you know, my kids ask to put their bike helmets on or like do a puzzle with them. I'm like, no, I can't do that. It would be a disaster. So I just stay in my zone of genius. I love that. I love, I love kind of what you're alluding to and you know, very, factually what your strengths are and who you should communicate with and who you should uh, like, you know, develop this conversation with. And right. Justin, as we're kind exactly. of develop, sorry. Exactly. I said, yeah. yeah. So uh, as we're kind of going into this and we're talking about, you know, high levels of performance and so on, and I definitely see it. And you mentioned it in your thing, you just want to stay with people that understand the difference between investment and cost, right? So investing in yourself co compared to a cost. So investing in yourself could be a coaching program. Like you said, a Dan Sullivan one could be, uh, you know, working on this book that's taking time, money, but it's an investment or correlating right. it to buying a car X, Y, and Z. And there's nothing bad with that, but there's a difference with that. Now, my question to you is what is the best investment that you've made in yourself thinking in the beginning it was a cost so you didn't see it as an investment no no you no it. so you were you, oh man you were so close there i was like oh man so i've never looked at anything as a cost ever that's okay. starting entrepreneur journey everything's been an investment so I'll, I'll tell you exactly what that means because that's a really good question um it's a really good question so business owners look at things as costs. Consultants yes. look at things as costs. Humans look at things as costs. Visionary entrepreneur, there is no cost. It's all, everything's an investment, everything. So if anyone asks, what are your costs to charge? I'll never talk to that person again, because not only are they living in cost scarcity, but cost scarcity people hang out with cost scarcity people. They don't hang out with it. So you don't want to, you don't want to deal with that. So the, so, so when I first started first company five years ago with zero business background, I guess the first networking group, if you want to call it that, I joined was $250 a year. I actually just renewed with them because um loyal. I, I literally just renewed with them. But the um so went into a room, uh talked like this. No one understood what I was talking about. That's fine. Um uh, then I joined a five hundred dollar, then a thousand, then a two thousand, then a five thousand, then a ten thousand. Um at the 10,000, some folks started to understand. Um, now, uh, strategic coach 10X, that's 25K a year US, and then abundance 360 is 25K a year. So those are the rooms that people understand what I'm talking about. Um, and I like to be the dumbest person in the room. Otherwise, what's the point? Um, mm -hmm. It's the only way to learn. So I just keep making bigger investments in rooms like that. So your model, which is 100% something that I stand by, and I, I, believe in that ideology being a uh, peak performance uh, speaker and coach as well is positioning yourself to invest in yourself 
getting in rooms that you said that you are going to be surrounded by peers and even better so then you can learn from and understanding that discrepancy between a cost and investment. So right. you mentioned a couple of them. And I think you said that to really change your life is the ones that are, you know, the, the 360 uh, go abundance, the Dan Sullivan one, and which has always leveraged you. And as you're speaking like this, I want to kind of take a little step back and talk about that transition when you were in the space of journalism with the sports and now being in the entrepreneur space, how were you in that aspect? Because to be quite honest, listening to you, it makes so much more sense in what you're doing now than the previous thing. I feel like there's a kind of a disconnect. How were you in regards to journalism within that world? Your brain's so interesting. Our brains are very collaborative, very collaborative, because you get me to think about something and uh, the answer is exactly the opposite of what you would think, which is so fascinating. So I'm going to tell you, tell you what I what I mean. Um, so I was, I was never a journalist who was a journalist. I was always an entrepreneur who happened to be a journalist. I just didn't know that until starting first company. So when I, I was a, a journalist, journalists who were journalists didn't understand that I was writing about and connecting cool people, changing the world. Um, and then I didn't understand why they were covering political news, negative news. If it bleeds, it leads. Like I didn't, I had no idea why they were doing that. So in terms of what I actually do now, nothing has changed in any capacity. Um, it's still writing about and connecting cool people, changing the world. The way that it has changed is through PR and then a connectivity platform. But the essential thing of what I was doing then and what I'm doing now, there's absolutely no change, zero. It's the same process. Um, so that's been an interesting thing. And then you're either born, I strongly feel you're either born top performing entrepreneur, uh, you're either born a sheepdog or you're not like, I think most people would want to be sheepdogs, but they're not, they're not sheepdogs because most people aren't sheepdogs. So um, the journey just to become an entrepreneur, um, I'll just give you the short timeline. So February 10, 2017, I was a journalist, had a five minute meeting with the uh, owner and managing editor of the company. Uh, they cut my job salary in half. Two other folks were uh, fired that day uh, and they saved my job. I cut the salary in half. So uh, tried to find a job over the next couple of weeks. Couldn't find a job. Incorporated April 16th, 2017, uh, six days after turning 40 um, while I was still working full time at half salary. So over the next six weeks, while I was doing that, reached out to 5,000 people to find first five clients. So one out of a thousand said yes I uh, got a fifth client on uh, June 1st, resigned June 2nd, and then June 5th, Robert Feeder, who's now retired, which is interesting, but at the time he was the top media columnist in the Midwest of the United States, did a story I'd started my own firm. So that start the first company. Most people can't, they're not equipped to do that. That made sense to me. 100%. That's why when you were, oh, I was asking the question, I'm like, I didn't see the connect. And I'm glad that you noticed it. And that's a part of life as well. I've been in industries like I studied to be a fireman. And then when I was in oh, it, in fact, wow. exactly. I noticed yeah. instantly, I'm like, wait a minute, this is not meant for me. And Justin, the reason why I went into that is because I was dyslexic and I was afraid of reading. Initially, I wanted to become a lawyer because I like wearing nice suits. I like having car conversations, but looking into what demands to be in law is a lot of reading and writing. I was so yeah. afraid of it. I rather run into a building that's burning down 
to not read and write. Really, that's right. the correlation. And I only noticed this right. once I was giving a speech. Somebody came after uh, after the speech and for that was in a crowd and told me about that. I'm like, wow, I never saw like that. And granted, being a fireman is a phenomenal. It's just not my thing. My thing is being an entrepreneur, right? So I love the fact that you noticed that aspect as well. When you had that moment of like that salary cut and then realize, hey, what do I do? And then figure out this uh, this journey over here. Justin, we're coming, yeah. we're kind of coming to time over here, but I still have a couple of questions that I want to ask you because you kind of alluded to it. And I feel like we're kind of in the same length of this. We're literally, I feel like two brains playing together, like kids mm -hmm. in a playground. And I'm really enjoying right. and having fun with this. And it's really clear that you are successful. You're clearly an intelligent man and you're very self-aware of that, uh, that case. And there's a mm -hmm. lot to learn with people's successes and uh, everything that's going on. But I truly believe you also learn, if not more, from failures, but not only your own failure, but from other people's failures or difficulties. So my question to you mm -hmm. is right now, what is something that you're having a hard time with within your business or potentially failing at? And what do you look at or how do you look at it to fix that solution? So what is something you're having a hard time with and how do you go about fixing that problem? Thank you for asking that. Um, yeah, so that's a that's a fair question. Uh, I am not a business owner. I'm just an entrepreneur. So what I hear is I talk to top visionaries and then what happens is they started out as entrepreneurs and then they became business owners and they're not business owners uh, and they become miserable because they're trapped into this thing. So <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't do that. I just stay in my, if something bothers me, I don't do it or give it to someone else. That's so that's, there's no struggles. Um, what I will say is, uh, and this is why I wrote the book is I talked to, so again, most of my days talking to top visionaries, um, um, I, and I talked to one to two every single week that have let entrepreneur life destroy their family life or prevented them from ever having a family. And I'm like, well, that's a bad idea. I'm not going to do that. So I'm a dad who happens to be an entrepreneur and spent more time with my children before COVID than any dad I've ever met. Now I just spend more time with them. And I have found that that's what brings me happiness is spending time with my family and growing my network. So all this business owner stuff, it's fine, but that's those aren't the struggle like people always ask me they're like oh what would happen in your business like what would really have to happen to your business for you to be upset i go nothing i don't that's not what and they're like well what would actually bother you i go anything happening to my wife that is what would be that would be a problem all this other stuff is it doesn't really matter if my family's not happy so my family's very happy i love that you alluded to you it can hear my wife in the background <laughs> please give her my regards and yeah, get from, from everybody from the peak performance greatness show in that end as well just you kind of alluded to something and it kind of resonated with me and i'm sure it resonated with a lot of people that are high performers that are listening to this is yeah. that correlating factor of being a high performing entrepreneur and starting a family life i'm somebody that's very family oriented i want kids and so on and so forth but there's that balance that you have to kind of uh, appreciate and have to like, Hey, take a step back from your business to find and develop that. How did you do that? Or what are some of the tips that you could give to kind of be uh, in data? Focus, answer, 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 answer. <laughs> that's what it's literally, it's funny because, um, so again, this is what my brain does. Most of my day is talking to full ADHD. Again, not a disorder, not yeah. a disorder all over the place, but they provide the great ideas. So one or two times a month, someone like that, True Visionary, will say a great idea. In Strength Finders, Gallup, Clifton, Strength Finders, um, my top three are Activate, Maximize, Achieve. So I'm like, 
That's a great idea. I'll activate, maximize, achieve that into my life. More often, one to two times a week, someone like that, uh, they're like, oh, I destroyed my family or I never see my family. I have all this stuff, but I don't have anything. I'm like, oh, that's a bad idea. I'm going to activate, maximize, achieve not doing that. So that's what that's what my, I would only have to hear that story one time to not do it because activate, maximize, achieve. When you hear it one to two times a week, that's a pretty good um, that's a pretty good litmus test for what not to do. So that's what the book is. It's like, this is what I learned, do this. This is what I learned of what not to do. Don't do this. Like that's literally what it is. And so this is what, this is what entrepreneurs are. Uh, again, not business owners. Um, uh, you know, so again, equate entrepreneur to top athlete, top uh, musician. So those people, visionaries most damaged people most damaged very most damaged with best coping skills most trauma most anxiety best coping skills highest iq most courage running into a building on fire that's it's very similar very similar so okay so what does that mean uh i haven't met one person like us that hasn't overcome at least one of the following four things most or two or three higher and then the higher up on the food chain it's usually all fours usually um so that's interesting more successful it's usually all fours so the four things are bankruptcy or potential bankruptcy two depression three the highest level of anxiety that you can imagine and four likely and or possible traumatic experiences as a child or young adult. So humans, everyone nods. <laughs> everyone I talk to now nods. It's hilarious. But humans, business owners, consultants, those are excuses. Entrepreneur, top athlete, top performer, figure it out. That's what separates entrepreneurs from everyone else. Now, the dovetail to that is many times those those things, those coping skills are used to create big company, uh, NBA championship, uh, Stanley Cup, and then not always, but many times at the expense of anything meaningful, any any family, any torch family. So I'm like, well, that's a bad idea. I'm not going to do that. That is interesting. So understanding that that's kind of what I've alluded to. If you're really going to become a, like obsessed about one thing, there's other parts of your life that are going to sac- you have to sacrifice. It's just a part of it. Kind of what you incorrect. That's incorrect. But is that what you just said, or I misunderstood then? No, incorrect. Part? In fact, it's actually. I think most people think that, and that's what I've seen happen to so many top performers is they forgot about anything meaningful. That's why I wrote the book. It's how to build collaborative global companies while putting your loved ones first. Okay, that's literally why I wrote the book. Literally, literally. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you doubled down on that because that's my whole point. It doesn't have to be that way. Perfect. That's why Perfect. I feel so strongly in this message because I'm like, you don't have to destroy your life for this life. You don't have to do. That. I, okay. I love that. That's what I'm on board. Cause that's honestly my ideology. Something I say, it's not a, this or that conversation It's a, this and no. that conversation it's both Correct. together are very possible. You could have that successful business and have a successful family life. You could have that NBA championship and have a successful family life. It's about how do you structure it and see where your value lies in that regards. Uh, so Justin, I mean, that is amazing. There's a lot of things that you just mentioned over here that I feel like we're not to re-listen to and really unpack even more. Uh, so the last thing I want to ask you over here is where's yeah. the best place that our uh, community, our listeners, our viewers can get in touch with you if they're interested to potentially work with your PR firm, to get to know you more, to buy your book and just connect with you. Thank you. I, I do want to see your Colby. Um, if I'm, you're at least an eight quick start. 
I'm going to, you know, a four or three follow through. How many, how many employees or consultants do you have working with you or freelancers? Right now I'm at uh, eight. Eight. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to stick with that three, three, nine, three. That would, that would make sense. How long did it take you to get your first person? My first uh, colleague or employee you're talking about? That will a coworker or employee or. Yeah. The, the first one was this right when the pandemic hit 2020, that's when I decided I'm not going to be solopreneur. I'm like, I doubled down when everything was going yeah, the opposite direction. Because that would have been miserable for you um, to do. That would have been uh, to follow through would have been torture because you need the systems. But um, I've never answered the question. So, but my brain is like, I'm trying to understand other brains because that endlessly fascinates me. But um, the web, the main website, there's only one reason I'm mentioning this, but it's brepicllc.com, B-R-E-P-I-C-L-L-C.com. The only reason I'm mentioning that is there's a mindset uh, survey scorecard. It's a, if you have a, a visionary abundance investment mindset, it takes five minutes. People really like taking it. And uh, you can't game the survey. And it's really interesting that people qualify or disqualify themselves with their own mindset. Oh, and the book's called Epic Life, which we never mentioned, which I think is hilarious. But um, <laughs> that's that's anywhere in the world. So, yeah. That's why I wanted to uh, allude to it. Because, yeah, we we didn't actually <laughs> mention the name. No, actually, no, sorry. I, we're going to re-listen to it. I think I did mention it, Epic Life, when I when I talked about did the you? foreword of Peter Dermatis, if I'm not mistaken, but don't quote me Whoa, on it. But way. Maybe your follow-through is higher than a three or four. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, because I had it in my notes. And, like, uh, yeah, it, it was something that I did want to uh, allude to. But, anyways, everything you mentioned will be in the show notes below. Justin. I hope this was as fun for you as it was for me because I truly appreciated having this game of like questions back and forth and seeing how you oh, went yeah, and yeah. challenging me as well because not a lot of people do that. And several times you told me, no, 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 that's what you should ask instead of this. And I appreciated that. I truly did. So Justin, it was such a pleasure having you on the show. I just want to wish you the best of luck and all the success that you need in your life. Merci beaucoup pour le temps aujourd'hui, monsieur. There we go. Ça m'a fait plaisir. <laughs> Have a great day, guys. Christopher Devian here. Thank you so much for listening to the Peak Performance Fitness Show. If you're a successful entrepreneur or intrapreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot of your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. If you know somebody that could be a great guest, please tag them on social media to let them know about this program. And don't forget to include the hashtag Peak Performance Greatness. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episode, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Your thumbs up, rating, and review go a long way to help us promote this show, and it would mean a lot to me as well as my team. You want to know more? Go ahead and visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or my YouTube channel at Christopher Didier. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Have a blessed and grateful day.